And we are back. This week, Mashan tries to get through a story about his mom. Plus, I make Mashan read an email that has feelings in it. Yes, that robot has feelings. Bebop, boop, And we interview therapist Brenna Ansley about kink and sex positivity. Plus, we make Brenna decide who writes better erotica, Mashan or Mahwa. <laughs> Michelle, what's your personal hell? I feel like maybe it would have to be uh, being on a, specifically being on a phone call with my mother for the rest of my life. <laughs> like for eternity, not my life, eternity. <laughs> yeah. Because two weeks ago, I was having my weekly phone call with my parents. Wait, this is like a prison sentence. Is she your warden? No, no, like, no. Like, are you on parole? <laughs> I know, right? You need to call and check in every two weeks. I do it because I have week. to. I do it because I want to. You should too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what am I going to call my mom and get Bible verses? No, <laughs> gross. No, I wouldn't talk to your mom either, but she's not the greatest. Um, no, I talk to my parents every week. My parents are actually really lovely, uh, but also have those annoying parent uh, characteristics. But yeah, I was talking with her on the weekly phone call i'm gonna make this story as painless as possible for the listener so i'll leave out some details it's already pretty painful (laughs) Uh, but yeah she was like expressing her disapproval of this top 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time list that i think espn released yeah and she disagreed with the list i like that she thinks you follow football this closely that you would be invested right right right. the the thing is is i I know en- enough to understand what she's talking about, yeah. and sh- and she knows that. So. The only thing you know about football is a tight end. You know what I'm saying? She, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of dressing up, <laughs> yeah, little football pants. Uh, I have a guy who wrestles who also likes sports gear, and he'll like put that on for me and like flex and pose. I'm like, yeah. perfect. You'll do whatever I say. Isn't that great? Where are those pictures? Oh, we just do it on video. He lives in Canada. Oh, fuck that. Get pictures. We'll post them on the IG. I do have pictures. I made him write on his body. He has like a huge dick and I made him write on his dick that it's useless and he sent me pictures of it to post <laughs> on my erotic Twitter. That it's useless. Yeah, it was great. This is worthless. Yeah. Okay. Um, so back to your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, off of useless dicks. She was specifically super upset that Drew Brees did not make the 10 greatest of all time because he's had Wait a lot a of career achievements. Who's Drew Brees? That sounds like a cocktail. You. Okay. First of all. You live in Austin, Texas, and Drew Brees is from Westlake, a super fancy suburb of Austin, <laughs> Michelle, Texas. I like that you think I have anything to do with Westlake. My clients I, do, I, but I do not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is Austin famous for sure. Um, got drafted and then eventually signed on with the New Orleans Saints, I think in 06. And he's yeah. been a phenomenon ever since. So, Oh my God, it's like being married to a straight. No, no, no. It, not at all. How do you know mm-hmm. so much fucking football factoids? I mean... I know things. Look at me. I know what football is. I Yeah, laces out. I don't know. <laughs> Great. Make a slam dunk. Who gives a shit? Einhorn. Crinkle. <laughs> Einhorn. Crinkle. Laces out. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. So, Drew. Ace Ventura. Yeah. Reference? I know. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Listen. I got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Listen. I know the woman who wanted to be Catwoman and went on Jen Rivers' talk show. Okay. Her name is Sean Young. <laughs> and she's completely crazy. <laughs> Uh, point is I was trying to show interest in something I truly don't care about and like participate in the conversation so she can feel loved. You hear that mom? Okay. Um, Clary, if you're listening, just want you to feel loved. Mm -hmm. Conversation was pointless. Um, but anyway, so I was explaining that these lists 
are created by companies and they're not built on merit or achievement or statistics. They're just like built to uh, engage the public and create viewership or listenership. Uh, so they don't, they're not based on anything real. And so I was explaining that and how it works with like the Golden Globes and how the only people who vote on that bullshit are the Hollywood Foreign Press. I like that you tied it to something super gay. Right, right, right. But she can, for her audience. She can understand that. I was like, <laughs> and so the foreign press is like, these six movies are nominated for a billion awards, but they're not even the best movies of that year. Yeah. They're like just like the first, the last movies that came out in the last four months that hit big at the box office. Yeah, so it doesn't make never, any sense. There's never a snuff film in there. So True. So none of it's valid. None of it makes sense. You have to let that go. And she needs to let that go. Um, and so uh, she understood the analogy and was like, you know what? Here's where the pain begins, by the way. This is my personal hell. She's like, you're absolutely right. You remember that movie you took us to see? P.S. In the end, I found out that this movie was 10 years ago. <laughs> She's like, you remember that movie you took us to see? And it was really good. It was really amazing. And I loved it. And it didn't get any talk. It didn't receive any awards. And so I was curious. I was like, what? What movie was that? Because we've, I don't know, we've taken them to see movies over the years. Yeah. And she go, she said. In between dinners and lunches at Red Lobster when they come to visit. True. Because yes. we went twice in a day. <laughs> Yes. It's a deep read on you, Clary. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. She agreed. And this is where Satan snatched me up (laughs) and pulled me into his trap. Uh, That's a a short reach. You're pretty close to Satan. And I asked, "Uh, what movie was that anyway? And she replies, the movie with that man. You remember? That man. Lit. Literally, yeah, the movie with that man. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, mom, okay." There, there's a lot of actors in the world. That's like a quarter of the humans on this planet. And she replied, "He's a famous actor, okay. and he was in a lot of movies." <laughs> <sighs> so I just sat there silent because I don't even like. I'm so frustrated. Where do you begin with that. Yeah, I was annoyed. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> do you just like start naming actors? You're like Steve Martin. Nope. I. I <laughs> I'm very patient with her. So I said... Oh, no wonder uh, you're so impatient with me. What happened in the movie? What was it about? Like, help me out here. And she says, so he lives in a town, and then there's this woman. Silence. This is all she was giving me. And I was like, okay, obviously I can't guess. So you're not giving me enough information. So wait a second. It's a movie, and the plot is there's a man... And the woman. A woman. And a woman. I let her know this isn't enough. When a man loves a woman. Nope. Wrong. Ah, fuck. And I'm going to keep guessing at it as we go through the story. I needed more details. And she says, he's also in that other movie with that man and a kid. Um, is I, it the fifth element? Bruce Willis? Because he was in Sixth Sense, the sixth element. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Bruce Willis is the fifth element. <laughs> Bruce Willis has done a lot of movies with numbers. That movie's amazing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I was I actually figured out what movie she was talking about, The Man and the Kid. How did you It was Secondhand Lions, Haley Joe Osment, and Robert Duvall. Don't ask. This is the first thing I guessed, because I feel like we'd watched that together at some point in history, which was a long fucking time ago. Yeah. And she's like, Yeah, yeah, that guy. I was like, Okay, uh, it's Robert Duvall. My phone cannot be in a phone call and look up Google stuff at the same time. Steve Jobs. Yeah, they need to work on that. Really so I told you. her to pick up her laptop because I already knew it was on her lap. That's what she does. I was like, just type in Robert Duvall, go to his filmography, <laughs> tell me what movie this is. And she couldn't do it. Like she, no matter how many things she typed, I could hear her clicking away like a monster. No, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I don't know. 
So I said, I'm hanging up this goddamn phone. I will call you back in 20 seconds when I find the answer. I hang up. I find the answer in probably 15 seconds. The movie is Get Low, starring Robert Duvall. It was fantastic. It got no buzz, won no awards. Uh, Anyway, I call her back. She answers the phone and immediately says, Get Low. Nothing makes me angrier than when you beat me to the punch. (laughs) It's like, I purposely went through all this work to get the name of this stupid movie. So, yeah, that. These phone calls, all day long for eternity. That's where I burn to death in hell. Yeah. Where someone's, your mom's just like, who's that person with that thing? I like when she calls and she asks you, do you remember a person from town? Oh, yeah. And you're like, no. And then she names someone else from your town that you don't remember. And it's like fucking Kevin Bacon. Like, she gets like six degrees away and you're like, I vaguely remembered this human. Yeah. It's annoying. The most recent one was early December when she threw out the name Fannie Lou Acuff. It doesn't matter that I say the name because nobody knows who the hell this is. I like including that someone, me. Someone's name is Fanny Lou. That's what I said. Yeah, like this is not a person I've ever heard of. They're ever not. In my they're life. not a character from a Tennessee Williams play. <laughs> That's what I told her. I was like, she talked for like fifteen minutes on this person, and the only response I had was, "You're telling me there's a human being named Fanny Lou Acuff?" And she got annoyed and was like, "Uh, yes, that's their name." She has nonsense conversation. She knows I don't know what she's talking about. It's incredibly daunting. Do you think that's to keep you engaged longer? No. She doesn't care. She just wants to talk. This is not about me. Did you marry your mother? Oh, my God. Maybe. Is this my hell? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Answers revealed. Um, Michelle, do you know we have on the show today? I do. I saw her. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know I know this person really well? I did not know that. Yes. We have a new therapist, Brenna Ansley. What? Hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> All sultry. Hello there, boys. <laughs> um, Brenna, you are like brand spanking new in the world of having your license. Yes, that's correct. And you want to do sex positive work in therapy. Absolutely. How did you get there? Um, well, I've always been interested in sexuality, at least once I got out of my small rural hometown. So if you're living in Texas, yeah, <laughs> Brenna is from Thorndale, home of the Bulldogs. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I know. I'm a Thorndale Bulldog. Because <laughs> I used to have to drive through there to yeah. get to work. You blinked and you might miss it. Yeah. Yeah. So you were like bulldogging it up. And you were oh like, God. there must be a different way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just kind of when I got to undergrad, I anything I could get my hands on, I was really interested in queer theory and learning about kink and um, women's studies, feminist studies. So I love it. Yeah. Mm. If <laughs> this is a great question. I'm so excited about it. Uh, I'll start with Michonne so you can think about it a little bit. <clears throat> Michonne. What? If you were to be a furry, if you were going to the fandom of furries, oh. what would your fursona be? I really like looking at uh, the, the foxes. I don't necessarily want to wear the skin, but yeah, I like looking at the pictures of the foxes. I think they call really the fur, cute. not the skin, because they're, you know I mean? they're not mass murderers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of fox would you like? Do you want to be like very like outgoing? Do you want to be mischievous? Do you want it to be rude, Fox? Ah, I, I mean, I, I feel like I would like to be 
outgoing, but that's not who I am. So no. I don't know how to achieve that. But I like looking at pictures of ones that's ones that look really fun and uh, colorful. So maybe yeah. like a fun, colorful looking one that's like actually really surly. Yeah, maybe so. That sounds right. Do they talk? I mean, or is it all just like a body motion? The yiff. interaction. Oh, foxes. I mean, Arctic foxes yiff. That's where they get that term from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brenda, what if if you were going to be in the furry fandom? What would be your fursona? Um, my fursona would probably be a cat. Yeah, but I don't. I think that gets into pet play a little bit. It can, and yeah. so probably more of a pet. Yeah. Than um, just a furry. I like But it. definitely a kitty cat. Hmm. Currently, I would like to be just a badass ladybug. Just big, Ooh. taking up space, <laughs> just smacking people with my wings. Like metamorphosis, yeah. but a ladybug. Just a ladybug who don't give a shit about no yeah. one. That shit would be awesome. All bruised and dirty, like you just got in a fight. <laughs> really rough ladybug. Yeah. She got that just in the streets making it work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Brenna, what is uh, your favorite thing about the world of kink? Ooh. Um, favorite thing? Um, there's so much. <laughs> You're like raindrops on subs. <laughs> well, I think what I love about kink is that, you know, it's a spectrum, but there's just so much. I feel like kink encompasses so many things, um, so many different. Um, there's different roles that you can take. There's different ways to do it, including power dynamics, not including power dynamics. There's spiritual aspects of it, um, different head spaces, different roles. Yeah. You know, you can do it for just a couple of minutes. You can do it for a lifetime. Yeah. And it's, I just think there's so much, so many different things so is many, what's fascinating so about it. So many ways it. to play with it. Yeah. It I, can kind of be whatever you want it to be. I really encourage folks to think about their everyday life, like the person they are mm-hmm. most most moments of the day. Uh, and that's going to influence what you might be curious or turning yourself on for in kink. Yeah. So that's going to switch and change, right? Like if you have a job where you don't have a lot of power, mm-hmm. maybe you want to do a lot of power play in your kink. You yeah. get a different job that like gives you more access to power and your kinks could change. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And even just being in the scene for a while, experiencing different things. Maybe you just get to a point where you no longer want to engage a certain way and you want to try it differently. Yeah. So. I saw that you just recently visited the Leather Archive Museum oh, in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. I, I did in May. Um, oh, okay. I was able to visit the Leather Archive. All oh, right. You must have just posted a picture recently. Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, yeah anything stand out? Um, it was so cute. I think <laughs> I, I don't know what I expected exactly, but it was, I just really love the exhibits downstairs. And, um, there were some funny stories. Like there was one, there was this giant butt plug. It was this giant metal butt plug that was donated <laughs> and they were one in the card said that they, like no one tr- was tried it. Like they acquired it, and no one wanted to try it, so they donated it to the leather museum. And I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, that's my camp. It's yeah. Like, oh, that's fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the. Uh, you took a picture with a, a Tom of Finland. Yes. Uh, portrait. Yes. Very interesting artwork. Yes. I've always well, been a fan of that. I when I took that picture, I was trying to really contrast my like innocent face next to this like bulging Bulge. package. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I captured it nicely. Yeah, yeah. It's like a full size grapefruit in there. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Perna, what might you tell someone who is looking to explore the world of kink for the first time? Like, let's say someone's like knocking on your door. They're like, yo, girl, I want to be kinky too. What should I do? Um, so if somebody's interested in exploring kink, I would think about what um, what's attractive about it to that person and what are they hoping to get out of it. Yeah, I, is really important because, like I said, there are so many different aspects yeah. of it. Well, people might say, I want to be a sub. And I'm mm-hmm. like, cool, there's like a million ways to do that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Do you want pain? Do you want humiliation? Do you yeah. want to be a treasured pet? Yeah, and I think um, there's a lot of different archetypes that exist culturally and in the scene and thinking about, like, if you're thinking about being a sub, what does that look like to you? What you, What assumptions do you have about that? And then understanding that whenever you actually engage in kink and that identity or role, just having some openness about uh, that it may not be exactly what you expect it to be yeah. and that it can change over time and it can really change depending on the energy of the other person that you're playing with yeah. and engaging with. And I think, too, kink, or our sexuality just takes us to the edges of our own unknown. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we're surprised by yeah. what we discover. Yeah, and um, that concept of the shadow self, yes. right? That... Um, that whoever you are in your day-to-day life, maybe in uh, kink play or sexual play, maybe you're enacting the shadow version yeah. of that. And I think that's kind of an archetype as well. Yeah. And I think some people engage and play that way. And for others, who they are is just who they are. Some, some amplify it in their kink. <laughs> yeah. A lady likes to be in control. Guess yeah. what? In my kinks, I'm all like, I'm going to have all the control. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're a mess. Um, I think I've run into uh, a lot of people in society who aren't connected to the kink community and don't take part in it uh, assume that kink is directly related to trauma. Mm -hmm. How much of that is true or is any of that true? Is that just a weird assumption that people make? Yeah. So um, it's hard to say exactly what the numbers are. I know there was a survey by... Tashra, is it T-A-S-H-R-A? And I think it said, in the survey, it was about 50%. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm, but I'm not sure how they measure trauma or how it was defined. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, it's definitely a stereotype and definitely maybe an archetype as well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to move away from this notion that, like, yeah. you're broken and this is why you like this. Rather yeah. than, like, we are complex beings mm-hmm. and that all manifest in our sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> and I think of um, kink definitely has aspects of it that can be very healing. But I also want to challenge that idea that kink has to be healing in order to be justified or in order to have value. Um, I think there's kind of this idea that, you know, how can I be okay with this, if, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, it doesn't have to be healing or it doesn't have to yeah, be right. magical. It can just be because you like whatever yeah. you're you just into. like the physical sensation yeah. of what's happening in this moment. Mm-hmm. And you're a person and yeah. we move from pleasure to or from pain to pleasure mm-hmm. unless yeah. pain is your pleasure. Yeah. And <laughs> just being fully embodied, really being present in mm-hmm. a scene with a partner or being really present with your own self and someone's just kind of guiding that. 
you know, there's so many different aspects of it. What would you say are some of the gifts of kink? Um, so there's this quote by Midori that I love, and it's that BDSM is childhood joyous play with adult sexual privilege and cool toys. I think um, thinking of kink and kink parties as a playground to engage in kind of um, with lots of different um, people and different um, things that you can interact with and play with. Um, And also just being in a space or party where there's a lot of different Watching people in pleasure, enjoying pleasure, um, watching bodies, um, engaging in different types of movement with each other. I think that can definitely be um, reparative. You know, it can definitely be um, just a really unique experience, especially experiencing it for the first time if you've never um, witnessed other people having pleasure before in any way and thinking about the private spaces that we engage in pleasure versus like a public space. Yeah. I can't tell many people I see for relationship counseling and they don't even talk about having solo sex, right? Mm -hmm. That people are quietly negotiating that without even a discussion. So it's like, oh, my partner's gone and I feel aroused. I'm going to go ahead and engage in this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, you can't even say, I really feel like having solo sex today. Another gift I think of, um, like I'm thinking of like Emily Nagowski's book and her sister's, I can't think of her sister's name, but um, her book Burnout, she talks a lot about completing the stress cycle. And kink is a great way to experience catharsis and um, complete the stress cycle. I think that that's something that a lot of people can engage in kink in order to um, really stress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're really worked up, and someone's willing to help you get that out of your body. Mm-hmm. It can be a really lovely experience. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just thinking because I've, I've seen some, some things in my time. I'm like, oh, yeah, if you had a lot of adrenaline trapped in you, this activity would get it out of you. Getting yeah. logged would help you release all that. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> Said like a knowing woman. <laughs> and then um, – Also just stepping away from the world, the ability to um, kind of enter a sacred space within ourselves or with a partner Um, and being able to get into that space where you're with your shadow self or engaging with the taboo. Yeah. But in a way that's kind of separate from all the other worries that you have. And it won't necessarily – like you you get to – it's almost like going to Disneyland. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to step into this kind of like fun fantasy for a mm-hmm. moment and for a bit forget that I have work on Monday. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing else matters except for that um, engagement that you have with your play partner. Yeah. Or partners. Or partners. Yeah. Yes. Some of us are loving more than one. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like smiling. Back. So mm-hmm. much love. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot to manage. Truth. Brenna, we have a game to play. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, so, Michonne and I... <laughs> <She> sounds nervous. <laughs> this game is super easy. You just get to be the judge. Okay. Michonne and I both wrote uh, a few paragraphs of erotica, and we're going to read them to you, and you're going to tell us who whose is the best, who, which project are you going to green light to, to be okay. a book. <laughs> uh, are you ready for this game? Yes, I think I am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yes, bitch, let's do it. Michonne, do you want to go first or do you want to go second, baby? 
Uh, I'll go second. Okay. So, my story is called Quantum Skeet. Oh, I don't have a name. Well, Sorry. bitch, that's on you. You better think of it quick. Yeah, you okay. can come up with it. Here we go. I just did. Okay. Scott Barbacula. Oh, my God. Knew that he had taken a risk when he broke protocol to copulate with Jesus. But who could blame him? Those abs, his kindness, and it was Jesus who kept turning water into wine, just tempting Scott to let the Holy Spirit inside him. A warm smile beamed within Scott while he reminisced about his crime, even with a dick down his throat. He continued to dutifully dutifully devour Abraham Lincoln's cock. His actions had altered the timeline of humanity in an unprecedented manner, and now he had to pay the price, collecting the jizz of 50 renowned men to be allowed back to his own timeline. Just as he was wondering if his punishment wasn't a skosh too harsh, he felt the warm, familiar spray of cum wash over his face, like ocean waves crashing on the sand. He quickly gathered his clothes and tiptoed down the hall, not to wake Mary Todd, and took a deep breath. He glanced at his communicator to find out from whom he would have to work his next load. Winston Churchill, are you fucking with me? He grumbled into his communicator to the delight of his superiors. So political. I know. Oh God. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> um, I know it's good because Mariah smiles, so... It Thank was you. good. It Thank was you. I was unexpected. also thinking, is it fair that you know me so well? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean. I don't even know what the contest is. Maybe I'm just choosing one. But Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm not sure what the criteria are. You just choose one. Yeah. I just made, I was like, I'm going to make a story about Scott Barbacula. Yes. I, I can't. My God. Are you just forfeiting? What's happening no. over there? Good. Hell no. Good. Tell us your sad story. <laughs> Dick. My story is a golden summer. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia had worked at the butcher shop in Palermo all summer. It wasn't an exciting job for a 25-year-old, but the one thing that had her attention was the butcher's 17-year-old son, Alessandro. He was a little under six foot, a Salminio-looking kid. With broad shoulders, a small waist, a rock-hard ass, and thick thighs. She felt like he'd been noticing her, too. The shop was small without much walking room. And when he would try to get around her, he seemed to purposely press his body against hers as he would slide by. On this particular day, the heat had been too hot, and the summer-long tension had reached its peak. She'd been trying to start up a conversation with him all day and gotten nowhere. He wasn't much of a talker, but beautiful and dumb was how she liked her prey. The sexual tension was pulsating with each attempt, and she knew he noticed it. He was once again about to execute one of his full-body contact presses when he stopped directly behind her. She could feel his rock-hard bulge pressing against her. She thought, finally, the only sausage I've wanted to handle all summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This story is brought to you by Pepperidge Farms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud. Uh, she reached behind her and rubbed her hand up and down his throbbing piece. He leaned in and whispered into her ear, Baby, my kielbasa has just got to perform. As he slid his jeans down, she felt what she'd been wanting for weeks and thought, Now this will be the summer 
that Sophia Petrillo never forgets. Oh my gosh. Golden Girls. Golden Girls Erotica. Yeah. I'm here for it. Necessary. All right. It's a tough, it's a tough job that you have today. (laughs) The one who wins gets to murder the other one. Oh, God. Isn't it your anniversary today? It is, today? Yeah. High, high stakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's our last one. <laughs> Whoever loses has to watch the other one finish the cake. Yes. Oh, my God. It's a big piece of cake. We both lose a lot. Uh, hmm. So much pressure. No hard feelings. Yeah. Um, I love them both for different reasons. Yes. Yeah, they're very different from each other. I they mean, were. Yeah. I had no idea what I was about to hear. And <laughs> I got you. It was shocking. Um, so I might go with Adams, though. Traitor. Yes. <laughs> I love that we both chose 80s TV shows uh, yeah. to write erotica about. True maybe love. That's our new. Maybe that's our new podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> 80s TV erotica. Yeah. Oh, oh I love some murder she wrote erotic. I'm going to read some on here someday. <laughs> Thank you, Brenna, for recognizing true, masterful artmanship. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Feeling the love right now yes. between you two. <laughs> Six years of legal love. I know. We've been together for 11. It's true. In March. So it's a long time. We finally like, hit the threshold of being married longer than we've been together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or or dating. Yeah. Yeah. Marina, I have a question for you here. What what do you think is the most challenging thing about the world of sex positivity? It's I think it's hard to always be sex positive. I think it's hard to acknowledge some of the harder parts yeah. of sexuality. Like, you know, we talked about trauma. So thinking about um, that it's... No, it's hard to be sex positive all the time. So making a space for and all And making of a things. space for all worldviews, mm-hmm. you know, and acknowledging that, um, you know, we have these different uh, backgrounds and sex education and different life experiences. And that I think that it takes a lot of work to be sex positive. And, but also it takes even more work to acknowledge all the different worldviews mm-hmm. that are out there and to find a space to, um, like as an educator, to help facilitate movement towards an understanding that includes all worldviews. Yeah. Um, so it moving like a more global perspective of sexuality. Yeah. yeah. What, what would you say to someone who tries to stink the kink? Um, <laughs> I think the saying to say in the scene is like, your kink is not my kink and that is okay. Mm-hmm. And um and just trying to seek um trying to approach kinks that at first are off putting with curiosity. Yeah. And trying to understand what's appealing about it, what you know, what is that person getting out of it. Yeah. And I think that seeking to empathize with people is really the key to um being more sex positive yeah. or engaging a, in a in a community space where there's space for everybody's kink as long as it's consensual yeah right? it's, it's like the the bar of yeah. like respectful consensual yeah, safe. exactly absolutely uh, i find that like so i have people come to me for relationship counseling mm-hmm. and oftentimes because the relationship was safe and good enough that someone could finally own some element of their sexuality that could be kinky, right? So maybe they have a foot fetish. Okay. And now their partner's like, what do we do? Yeah. How do we, how do we go from here? Mm-hmm. So 
what, what might you suggest to people who are in that situation as, you know, they have a really solid foundation of friendship in their relationship mm -hmm. that has led to understanding, expressing sexuality in this new way. And now it might be challenging the relationship that allowed for all that growth. Yeah. So um, similar to what I had just said about like seeking understanding, empathy, those are really big pieces. And then um, thinking about, um, I think sometimes partners can feel a lot of pressure, like you have this desire or kink and I have to fulfill that. And um, thinking about where that's coming from and um, looking at different possibilities of letting that person have your partner have their own desire and bodily autonomy and just letting them own that and accepting yeah. it, but not thinking of it mean, it's not really about you. Yeah. So it's so easy to get wrapped up in that. Cause you're like, yeah. we're the only, if you're monogamous, we're mm -hmm. the only two people in this relationship. Right. So how's it not about me? Exactly. Yeah. yeah I can I, see that. I tend to try to massage people on both ends. Mm -hmm. So for the person who might be hesitant about talking about kink or exploring it, help them explore what's that about what's underneath that yeah. sometimes I'm going to find like sexual trauma mm -hmm. underneath a bit yeah um and then for the person who might be wanting to express kink and stay in this relationship that's challenged by some of that cool what are all the ways you can get that need met how's mm -hmm. that kink trying to serve you yeah are there ways in like your everyday life that you could have that met are mm -hmm. there less challenging ways like could you write erotica with people online yeah and would that fulfill that mm -hmm. for you so kind of like going like where, where's the give yeah. in the relationship? Yes. Yeah. Just a few minutes ago when you were talking about um, kink shaming or sex shaming, I had a more specific question. Within the kink community, within a very specific kink, is there shaming within that kink? Like maybe two people who participate in the same thing, but you don't do it the way I do it. Mm. Like, does that happen? I know it happens in the yeah. wrestling kink world mm -hmm. that I'm in. So some people like more kind of like play wrestling, role play, and other people like actual competitive wrestling, and some people float between those things. Uh, and I think some people who have not done the heavy lifting of going, cool, what do I like and why do I like it? Mm -hmm. It's easier than to try to shame other people about uh, being different. Huh. So it's like, I, I think some of that too is they might feel attraction to that person, right? Yeah. Oh, I... I could have this moment with you. I've been, I've already been writing this fantasy in my head and then you're not into what I'm into. And that feels like rejection. Uh, and at least for men who love men, men aren't always taught how to deal with rejection. Well, yeah, that sounds accurate. Yeah. I was thinking about, um, in the scene, there's certain subgroups that are kind of misunderstood. I think age play is one of the largest ones that, um, it, it might be hard for, all kinksters to understand what that's about yeah. and to make space for it. Can you tell people who are listening who might not know what age play is? What yeah, age play is? so um, so age play is a type of headspace play where you um, get into the headspace of someone of a different age. It could be someone that's younger, um, like a baby or a child, or it could be someone older than yourself. Um, and there's also littles or middles and and so in a little is someone that may feel like a little that's kind of pretending to be an adult at times like they may really identify with the little identity mm -hmm. um and that is i think often misunderstood and so um i think that's an example and then um i think that 
people um, have really strong feelings about the way that they engage with things in general. And I'm sure there might be a reason for that yeah. based on their experience or the experience of someone else. And so, um, yeah, I think yeah. of a lot of kink. It's interesting how much is about uh, allowing a part of yourself just to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. And it just takes different forms, like yeah. from age play to pup play to mm-hmm. like being a furry which is a fandom, yeah. but it can also be sexual, mm-hmm. um, to, I mean, just even being a dom or sub, like it's all right. some form of expressing a part of yourself. Yes. So that's usually why I start with people like as the base, like, Hey, cool. I get, you might, you might be hesitant, but let's look at it from this perspective mm-hmm. and then fetishizing stuff, right? Like people are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe someone likes feet. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like if you have two people who are, uh, into, foot play or foot fetish and like one loves for you to smash your feet into raw meat mm-hmm. and then the other people might think that's low class you know like it's interesting how you can decide um you know who to shame or what to shame it's, yeah 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 and that's really your own work right, right like right. if you see something and um it brings up a strong emotion for you i think it's really important to think about why am I having the strong reaction to this? Yeah. And and you can separate out like, oh, I see how people might connect to that. And mm-hmm. I personally do not connect to that. Yeah. Like I remember at Hump Film Festival, I think it was like two years ago, I saw one that had like a lot of blood and like needle play. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was all like, ooh, Karam, that's not for me as yeah. an individual. But I can listen to why people are into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone in this room is loving that, but I am having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. And with needle play, I think it's often... Uh, endorphin rush right mm-hmm. like yeah. a very um really yeah intoxicating uh subspace or bottom experience so. and i i just acutely understand that i am not a pain person yeah. like i bruised like rotten fruit <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm like that is just not for me which is okay yeah yeah um Bruno, what was it like uh for you to recognize like your own sexuality and in coming into that so growing up in a small town, um, I did receive sex ed, but that was abstinence only. Um, I remember a PowerPoint of like graphic STDs, STIs that like, <laughs> and um, they always pick like the worst case scenario too. Yes, They're like, here yes. is some chlamydia that like, has I not can't been treated even in reco- 80 years. I can't even recognize what's on the screen. Like, yeah. you know, and that's kind of what the sex ed experience was. Sounds right. Um, But I think for me, um, beginning to study um, art and film and um, looking at different representations of sexuality, um, you know, studying kink in undergrad and reading like the Leatherman's Handbook, Mm -hmm. you know, that was probably one of the first erotic books that I had ever read, which um, coming back to the leather archive like 10 years later, right? Um, So that was pretty formative yeah. in a lot of ways yeah, give me that for me. code <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah i think a lot of it came from um an academic understanding mm-hmm. and because i think that gave me a space to approach sexuality yeah. where if it was if it was um in a different space it wouldn't have been um okay yeah um, i find yeah. that for a lot of my friends and colleagues I'm often like the bridge to them expanding their sexuality. And I think because I just mm. openly talk about it. Yeah. And it, it's this like non threatening academic perspective. Yeah. 
and then I might like sprinkle some things. So mm-hmm. I did um, the mental health symposium for transgender healthcare in the spring this year. And I did uh, a panel with people who don't easily fit into boxes of gender. And I made an aside of, hey, just a side note, if you're attracted to anyone on this panel, you might be pansexual. Mm-hmm. And just last month, I got a DM on Instagram from a colleague of mine who was like, you know, you kind of said that jokingly. And I realized like, oh, I'm pansexual. Yeah. And so like they are now like on a journey of like what that means to them. Mm. Um, But just being able to be open and talk about these things without shame, without fear of like what might happen. Yeah. There's so many possibilities out there that people don't consider. Yeah. Do y'all think there's a light at the end of the tunnel in the States for sex education for youth? I mean, like, is it ever going to get where it needs to be? Um, I th- I mean, there are groups like Unhushed that are um, promoting programming, but I think that that is, um, I mean, I think that the, like, parents enroll their children into mm-hmm. it, and so yeah. it just depends on um, if people are going to seek it until, I don't, but I don't know if, like, I mean, I hope, my hope is that um, something would be passed that, reforms it for everyone but i'm thinking of like rural communities and how they're i think like a city like austin is going to have opportunities but i'm just thinking about how underserved like rural communities are in the u.s yeah and that's where i think things like being more of a global community Mm -hmm. is helping folks so it's like oh here's access to there's a lot of good stuff on like youtube and instagram about sexuality Mm -hmm. that yeah if you aren't getting that information young people know how to find that stuff yes do you think it's better in um, other developed countries? Do you think sex education for youth is like better in Paris or London or I, not so much? I mean, I, I don't know as much about that. I would yeah. say other other cultures' relationship with sexuality in general is different than ours. Yeah. So we, we can have some like this notion that you can be sexy, but to be sexual is, is bad. It's really confusing. So like... Mm what it's this moving target to hit mm-hmm. where I think some other cultures, like if you go to Germany, they may be like sex is just a part of life. Yeah. So, you know, don't get hung up on it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, Brenna. Not really. <laughs> I mean, I think that I, for me, I'm thinking like, Oh, I should Google it. Right. Like I yeah. think that's really something that I would have to research and kind of see what's, what's out there. Yeah. But, I just think we were founded by Puritans. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's for sure. I'm into yeah. pilgrim play. Yeah. Give me those buckles, bitch. That's my kink. Thanksgiving's <laughs> just it. around the yes. corner. Oh, I have this great book called Deviant Desires, and it has oh, yeah. one about uh, people being like cooked, and there's like oh, one of like a woman yeah. being a, like a stuffed turkey. Yeah. It's all trussed up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's definitely when Thanksgiving rolls around, I think certain kink parties have definitely yeah, had imagine, turkeys at them. I would imagine that <laughs> you could like, be the featured turkey at a kink party yeah, if you wanted to play your cards right. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine it's a great time for people who are into wham, wet and messy. Oh, right, because yeah. you have like so many side dishes that are so many different consistencies. Yes. Like, oh yeah, bitch, you could be covered in cranberries yeah. or green bean casserole. Everybody could participate. Yeah, I love it. 
Thanksgiving really brings the kink out. Yeah. That's what we're... Brings people together. Yeah. That's what family means to me. Yeah. Sounds like so much to clean up. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle doesn't even like a mess like in the house yeah. living no, on no, his body. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's just roll I'll you out up. and hose you down. I'll show up late with a, a mop and a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> From a working standpoint, do you have a favorite uh, kink that you like to help people with or see people for? Um, that's a good question. I, I'm i really interested in um, authority and balance dynamics and, and thinking about how can um, – how can a couple have like a 24 seven dynamic that works for them that uh, serves them? How can they um, serve the relationship and serve each other within that? I like working with kinks and fetishes that are like to that person. I like, I like when people are like, they're so new to it. Mm. Right. So I get some people who are in these worlds deep and they just have mental health challenges. Right. If you have depression Mm -hmm. and you know, you like to get flogged and you just don't want someone to kick you out of the office because you come in, with the SRI, a sexually related injury. Uh, but I love the folks who are like, I don't even know where to begin because it's, there's so much to do. There's so much space to give them. And it's a really different way of working. I find that I have to get myself out of the way. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people want me to give them yeah. like the Animar playbook to kink. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I could do that, but you might not like the kinks that yeah. I'm into. Do you want to wear wrestling singlets? Because you might not. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I give people a lot of like the basics of uh, communication, right? Using the stoplight system of communication, mm-hmm. green, harder, stronger, faster, more yellow, check in with me. Maybe my arm's asleep. Maybe I am emotionally starting to, to fall out because of what's going on. And red being we got to stop and go to aftercare. Yeah. So going to a, oh, what would you say? What's some advice for going to your first munch? If you want to go to meet some kinksters in the scene and get to know them. What advice might you give people for going to a munch and or screening for, is it a potential good fit for you? Um, if, if I was going to go to a munch for the first time, I would, um, see what I could find out online about the group. What, um, you know, is like the, there's groups that are for a certain age, like 35 and under, there are groups that focus more on education. Um, and I would see if I could also find the rules of the group. Sometimes the um, the munch may have certain rules. They might include, like, no cruising. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really important to know going in so that you're not making a social faux pas. Yeah. It's <laughs> not a great way to, like, start your relationship yeah. with the community. Yeah. And so um, – and you can also um, reach out to the leaders of the munch and um, kind of talk to them about what to expect – if you're comfortable doing that, you can um, – so you can reach out to the um, to the leaders and get to know them a little bit so that you can also ask them about meeting up with them um, if you can meet them first at the munch and have someone that you know there. And they can also introduce you to people. And that might make it easier if you have, like, some social anxiety um, – to have somebody there that you know. Yeah. What's fascinating to me being someone who is a man who loves men and does also have kink is how sometimes I see these worlds so separate. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So like people who go to play parties, like a lot of men who love men have some of these same desires but have them happen in their own homes. Yeah. Kind of like finding that on Grinder and being like, cool, you're going to come over and I'm going to tie you up and we're going to do this thing. 
that's definitely I think that happens um in the just the kink scene as well um and I think it's also discouraged Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways just um for safety reasons and you definitely don't want to like victim blame or say like well you met up with someone online and you had this experience and it wasn't safe but I think that um it's still just discouraged. Yeah. I yeah. think for men who love men, because so many of their sexualities are first experienced and expressed as fragmented from their mm-hmm. everyday self. Yeah. The idea of being that integrated can be challenging mm-hmm. for some people. Yeah. It's like, oh gosh, now I have to like own that I really want to get fisted. Right. Rather than just like, all right, the Tuesday I'm feeling good. Oh, this dude wants to fist. Great. I'm going to go pop in and get that. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that, but I think right. it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, lead to more integration mm-hmm. are there uh kink social media go-tos that like people could take part in to learn more fet life has been around for a while now i don't know that i think it depends on the local community if it's a go-to or not there's a lot of facebook groups a lot of secret or private facebook groups are out there mm-hmm. for different reasons um and then there's different educational resources i think Instagram's kind of amazing right now and the different resources that are available and that the information that people are putting out there. I think there's a, a uplist is maybe a not safe for work answer to Instagram. It's very much the same. What is it? Platform uplist. Uplist. I haven't uplist. Uplist. Yeah. U-P-L-U-S-D. Ooh, um, okay. I know. Yeah, Did I haven't, you, I haven't dug around in it, but uh, maybe I feel like we should dig around in it. <laughs> yeah, it's the uncensored sort of Instagram version. Oh wow! But I didn't know if there were any, um, yeah, like other things besides Fat Life or. Yeah, I think I think once you get an N to the scene, you can ask about um, different groups that you can be added to. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a little bit separate, so that there's some sense of safety there but um brenna where where can people find you so um, my instagram is at sex nerd brenna and i have a facebook page therapy with brenna ansley and the username is also at sex nerd brenna oh what well i'm so glad we got to have you on today thank yeah, you thanks. so much for having me it's really nice meeting you <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, you sent me an email of something you wrote in like your personal diary journal. My little locket pony. <laughs> I don't know what you write it. Is my little locket pony an, an actual product? Sure. I think um, it was on my notes app on my computer. Okay, whatever, whatever you want to call it, girl. Sure. Um, and it was incredibly moving. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I I would love if you read it or read a portion of it on our podcast. Sure. Because it makes me look really good. I can read. <laughs> I thought you'd like that part. I did like that part. So, yeah, back, uh, I'll write it two years ago. Yeah. I apparently got on my computer and wrote, so I was feeling something, so I wrote this out because something had happened. And I forgot about it. So much so yeah. that when I just discovered it a few days ago, I didn't think I wrote it. <laughs> you thought I wrote it on your computer. Because there's been weird occasions where Adam uses my computer to do work. Yeah, there's um, porn I don't want the government to know i'm looking at it and i use your computer for that porn yes if people if i ever get arrested let's just say you know what's happening but loons but <laughs> lunar porn um but yeah and then i read the details and realized i did write this and 
have almost no recollection of it. Uh, so it was me ending a relationship. Yeah. And apparently I felt the need to type some stuff up. You had some feels. It's very unusual because <laughs> really I don't is. I don't have feels. And I'll uh for anonymity's sake, I'll change I don't know, a person's name. Yeah. To person. <laughs> I'm You're, super creative. Rashad, you would do wonderful at improv. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. call this person person. We can call him Charlie. Yes, and. All right. Uh, so I wrote, today is March 22nd, 2018. I closed the door. I broke up with person. It was a long time coming, and it hurts severely. It just so happens that I also finished a book, Party of One by Dave Holmes. As I closed the book, which was really great, by the way, check it out, I felt sadness and a direct connection from finishing a book to finishing a relationship. They both hurt in different ways. As I closed the book, I remembered all the things I loved about it. I also closed the chapter on person and did the same. Sadness is filling me. Luckily, there's something to be learned in almost every situation, even though this doesn't necessarily make you feel any better at all. What I learned is that this possibly isn't about person at all or about myself. And I mean, I care for that person immensely. I even love him. You don't spend over a year with someone and not find a place in your heart for them. I know I'll hurt for more than a little while, but I think this is more about me. It's about myself and what I have. I have a husband that loves me. I have, oh, sorry. I a love that I know I've never needed to question. He is driven. He is kind. He is handsome. He's funny. He's smart. He's understanding. He's thoughtful. He is handsome. I know he wanted to hear that twice if he read this. <laughs> He would like it. He allowed me to have this adventure with person to continue the experience of life. All the trials, all the happiness, all of the pitfalls, and all of the gains, all of the growth. He handed me a love that says you never have to sacrifice anything just because we got married. We can continue learning and growing together. He makes things effortless, which really is a gift. So great that I can't properly put it into words. I knew all of this before, but person helped me emphasize that. He turned a bright light on it and made it all glow. I learned that even though Adam can leave a mess all too often, too often, bitch, (laughs) that I can still count on him in so many other departments. True. I learned to assess the situation, put things into perspective, be appreciative for those things. I learned a few other things specifically for myself, but I think I'll hold on to those for right now. Precious. Yeah, so that happens. A wild one. You did not know we would ever be doing a podcast. Nope. And that would be red. So it cracked me up that you were like, handsome twice in case he ever reads this. Two, because you didn't share it with me until like two years after the fact. (laughs) Yeah, that happens. (laughs) That's a testament to how my brain works. It's very forgetful. (laughs) You're like, "Uh, emotional growth. I'm going to go ahead and siphon this part of me off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to get it down on paper, um, so to speak, and then just forget about it forever. Yeah, yeah. It was very sweet. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you, you need to hear it. I do, constantly. I knew eventually it'd come up. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> you not. literally thought I wrote it. <laughs> I did. So Did Adam break into my dream journal? <laughs> my God. Dream journals. Yeah. So anyway, sometimes I feel things. Yeah. Sometimes I feel things, meaning all the time. Yeah, yeah. For sure. You do have lots of feels. Girl, she really do. It's a lot. 
it's all it's like great and and also challenging because like i feel all the good stuff like immensely yeah but then like a little slight and i'm all like you do get your feelings hurt very easily yeah i'm very very intuitive and meanwhile i just don't care what people think yeah it's not that i i don't think it's that i care what people think I think it's that if I pour out to you, if I let you be close to me yeah. and then I feel like you don't honor that or you betray that. Right. Then I come with the vengeance. I guess more accurately, I mostly don't care what people do. Like it, I just like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, sometimes when people do specific things that are thoughtless, your yeah, your feelings get hurt. Yeah. And you're numb to the world. Yeah. 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 Which makes us work. Cause I feel okay. everything and you're numb and then <laughs> we just do what I want. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. We really make that work. People are like, how does this happen? And I'm like, it happens in a really wonderful way. Yeah. Me and My Gorgeous Husband was brought to you by Mariah Gossett, Michonne Fontenot, and Adam Marr. Done. Just kidding. (laughs) Hey, if you like our podcast, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because, bitch, that's how we get found. That's how more people find the deliciousness that is moi. Yeah, tune in and help us out. God damn it. Yeah, lend a hand out, you piece of shit. (laughs) I've been telling everybody to rate us. I don't know if it's happening, but if it hasn't, I'm going to murder them all. 